Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Do you like pop culture? I do. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Andrew. Oh. If you enjoy movies, television, all that kind of stuff, uh, we have a lot of fun on Sif Pop Podcast, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. So you can come check us out every week. You can listen live or just download it to your podcast feed. Every single week, Aaron breaks down the newest movies that are big in theaters, and I make funny noises. <laughs> You could probably pick one of those that you would like. You can join us every weekend live by looking at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA, or you can find us in your podcast player of preference by searching for Sift Pop. Coming up on today's episode of Sportsiac, I said some not-too-kind words about Tony Romo. Not a fan. Okay. I changed my mind last night. Sportsiac! Sports Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet in Elkhart. Big and Tall has a position open for two evenings a week. Starting soon, you can apply in person at 1333 South Napanee Street in Elkhart. They're closed Sundays and you get an employee discount. Cold weather? You want some new gloves? All the big sizes for the big guys. Winter jackets? They got those too. Hey, big guys, you ever go to a, a rock show and they don't have your size? I know I have. Big and Tall Outlet does have rock t-shirts available, big boy sizes. Yeah, only $10. And if you got a Super Bowl party coming up and you want to dress appropriately, Rams and Patriots gear, they do have them at Big and Tall Outlet. Big sizes. Big and Tall Outlet on South Napanee Street in Elkhart. Because big guys got to look good too. Previously on Sports Yak. You go to the lobby, or here's another thing, sit next to the older couple. Don't sit down here by me, because you know what? I'd like to hear the preview. Maybe there's a movie that I would like to come see. But I won't have that opportunity, Chatty Cathy, because you're pulling your own strength. From South Bend, Indiana, the parish of America. From South Bend, Indiana, what the Egyptians are to in Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freeby. I'm the booth announcer, Jim Shorts. I'm the booth announcer. Listen to me, I'm Jim Shorts. I'm the booth announcement. Sports Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet, because big guys gotta look good too. And now, Sports Yak! And welcome to episode 52 of Sports Yak. Hi there, my name's Corey Mann, and for Chuck Freeby is our good guy all around. I don't know what to call you. One-legged guy. The man with the boots, Bob <laughs> Nagel. Yeah, taking care of a little business with my foot. It'd be good, though. I could get it ready for golf season. I think you like coming in here so you can prop that bad boy up. It's a good uh, situation. Has anyone signed your cast? Uh, No. No. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's kind of a weird-looking thing. People think it looks like a... Uh, like some kind of a wrap, but then they dip it in water, they put it on your foot, 15 minutes later it hardens, and it's, a, it's like a cast. It's kind of neat. A lot of people don't know that Bob actually had six toes, finally had that uh, weird one removed. 
Yes. That little piggy went to the market and never <laughs> came never home. Came <laughs> That's right. Let's start with, uh, why don't we start with Notre Dame women's basketball. You called that game yesterday at the uh, Purcell Pavilion against uh, Boston College? Boston College. Thoughts? Yeah. Boston College has a new coach, new system. They got some people back from last year. They got three pretty good juniors, and they gave us a good effort. But uh, we're a very talented team. We uh, we shot the ball 54% from the field, 46 from three-point range, 76 from the line. We out-rebounded them 40 to 32. Uh, a lot of good things in the game. We did turn the ball over a few times, trying to make sometimes a great pass instead of a good one. But uh, even with that, we scored 92 points. Beat them 92 to 63, another solid ACC win. And the Irish uh, move on now to play Tennessee on Thursday in Knoxville. We had the evening news on during dinner last night, and I w- kind of had it on mute, but I saw it, and it looked like looked like Coach McGraw might have been upset about what would what would have been frustrating yesterday turnovers or the turnovers, and the fact that the majority of them came from our three starting guards who are veterans, and you know many consider the top backcourt in the country, yeah, and I think they are as well. Uh, and it, again, Boston College made some adjustments; they got into our passing lanes, so we come down the floor. And not that we make no-look passes, but we have a pretty good idea that Brianna's breaking in on the left side of the basket. So we throw the ball, and they deflect it, and it goes out of bounds. And uh, sometimes it would hit us uh, on the hand, trying to save it in bounds and go out of bounds. We just, uh, I don't think we were, you know, sloppy would mean like you don't care. But we shot the ball really well, did a lot of good things. But I think coaches, what she's really trying to do in a game like this where you figure going into the game you might win by 30, Mm -hmm. and we did. Um, you got to have a focus. You got to go in, and she's trying to eliminate mistakes. Trying to take, especially the defense of the team, to a higher level, uh, because that ultimately is what wins championships. And you got to be able to defend. And we play some zone, and uh, we're very effective with that when the other team can't shoot. But then we like to go to man, just to you know, that's what she likes to play. So uh, we're working on a lot of different things and trying to stay focused. You know, it's a probably going to be a thirty-nine game season. So we just played game number 19, so we're about halfway home. And now what do you got to do the rest of the way? I mean, the ACC tournament comes up uh, the end of uh, the end of March, and then the NCAA ends up in April 5th and, 5th and 7th. So you got to – what do you want to do between now and then? We don't have to get any more talent. We've got a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have to get our backups playing a little bit better. Uh, Daniel Patterson's been playing better. Michaela Vaughn's been playing better. I think Jordan Nixon can give us a, a break at the point guard, and I think Abby Prohaska is really fun to watch. She scored a couple of points yesterday, but also had a couple of good steals and really hustles. And uh, Living up to what people said to, about her before the season, she reminds you of Madison Cable a little bit. Dives on the floor, gets loose balls. Uh, so we've got a real nice mix. We've got nine players, maybe ten that are in the mix. And uh, So, uh, you know, Danielle Cosgrove has had some games where she came in and uh, she had five points in three minutes the other night. So she can Light it up and good three point shooter. So we've got talent mm-hmm. and we're we're very healthy, thank the Lord. And uh we just have to continue to get better. And a game against Tennessee will be a good test. Tennessee is a team that's lost five straight and they play Arkansas tonight. And should they lose that and have lost six straight going into our game, well, they might have to circle the wagons a little bit and uh, the number one team in the country is coming into Thompson Bowling Arena which seats twenty one thousand. And uh so it it'd be be a dangerous game for us to go in and not play our best because they're going to be they got a great tradition at Tennessee and uh, you know they've won uh, decidedly more games in that series than we have although we've won uh, I think seven of the last eight. 
A lot of people might not know this. Let's go out on a limb here, but the, there is a current Globetrotter who yes. is a former Irish player. You told me about this in the other room. I found this fascinating. Can you uh, give the backstory there? Yeah, Lily Thompson played three years at Stanford and then sat out a year, and it was able to transfer with the year of eligibility left. She came to Notre Dame. We were decimated by injuries, as everybody knows. Last year we lost three players to ACL tears prior uh, to when Lily got hurt. But Lily came and played 14 games, started at the point guard for us, was doing a really good job defensively, and she was a veteran. She had been an all-pack 12 player a couple times. I mean, this is a really good player. So to get her at Notre Dame was a blessing, sort of like getting Jessica Shepard. It was unbelievable how she transferred from Nebraska and was made eligible her first year. So the things that came together last year to win a championship were unbelievable. The thing about Lily Thompson, she got hurt down at Wake Forest, and that was a game where Catherine Westbelt was put back on the roster and being marked ready to play. So how does that happen? I mean, how, how does that work out that Lily gives us 14 magnificent games and then Catherine Westbelt is ready to play? So when Lily got hurt, you know, we had the numbers stayed the same, basically. And then Catherine Westbelt got better as the season went along and had some great games for us. But um, Lily's a great kid. She's uh, Her dad was a career Army officer, so she was uh, spent a lot of time in Texas, a lot of time in Hawaii. And uh, a lot of times if you're uh, one of the uh, Army kids, you uh, you learn how to adapt. And uh, she was really – she's got a great personality. She came in and really bonded with the, with the players here. But she also is a very good tennis player. She's also a very good golfer. Okay. And yesterday we had her on at halftime of the women's game. And I said, uh, when you get done with your basketball uh, career, I still want a caddy for you on the LPGA Tour. And uh, she said, well, you know, it's a four-day event. Anyway – uh, <laughs> that might be a concern, but uh, no, she's a really sharp kid. She's going to be here with the Globetrotters on Thursday, and um, should be a good show. And there's a nice history with the Globetrotters in Notre Dame, so uh, that tradition will continue. I think it's Saturday, Bob. It is Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Did I, say, I said Thursday because Thursday you're heading to Knoxville I and am. playing against a Tennessee team is that is not the Tennessee team I used to remember. <laughs> no, I love telling the story about 1997 when we went to the Final Four for the first time. And uh, we had some really good challenges along the way, including going to Texas and playing Texas at Texas. They're the number one seed in that region. And down five with a minute 45 to go. And uh, Buffett called timeout. Now, she didn't have we – we had seven players and a manager. That's all we had left. And uh, so it wasn't like she was going to make a big substitution. We didn't have any choices. And so she just called a timeout to let everybody get a breather. And Beth Morgan, who's now Beth Cunningham, was on that team, and we inbounded the ball to her. And Jody Conrad, who was the head coach of Texas, said we're going to double-team Morgan because she's a, she's their biggest threat. So as soon as Beth saw the double-team coming at her, she knew there was somebody open. There has to be. You work the numbers. And she threw it to Sheila McMillan on the far side in a forecourt, and Sheila turned around, squared up, made a three. So it went from down five to down two, and Texas came down, and they were running kind of a Princeton look where their big center was holding the ball overhead, and Beth Cunningham left, Beth Morgan left her player, defensively went tipped the ball away and went around the player got the ball and now she goes in and lays it up we're tied she stopped at the three-point line and, dra- and drained it so we went from down five to up one and coach Conrad was stomping her foot on the floor and calling timeout they ran another play missed the uh, missed the shot Katrina Gaither got the rebound they got it to Beth Beth was fouled uh, she went to the line eight times in the final oh a minute or so made seven out of the eight and Notre Dame beat Texas at Texas which, you know, Muff and I, we, Muff and I have a list of our top 10 all-time wins, mm-hmm. which now includes like 35 games. 
in our top 10 list. But anyway, uh, that was uh, obviously one of the top ever because that allowed us then to move on to the Sweet 16. We went down, we beat an Alabama team that was very athletic but not very disciplined. We beat them, then we had played George Washington who was walking around bragging like, all we got to do is beat Notre Dame, we're in the Final Four. And we played like poet warriors, so to speak, and uh, played very well and got to the Final Four. Then we went to Cincinnati and we took Tennessee apart. Oh, no, they beat us by 30. That's <laughs> back in the Pat Summit days, and a Shamiqua of some kind was out there, and uh, they uh, they hammered us pretty good. But just getting to the Final Four was big. But it was um, it was a great tradition, and they beat us. They stopped us a lot like Connecticut did for a lot of years. And even Purdue back in the day used to beat us on a regular basis. But, you know, Coach McGraw kept building the program and, you know, knowing that someday the, the gold standard would be if you could ever beat uh, Tennessee. And the last time we played Pat Summit, we beat Oklahoma, we beat Tennessee, we beat Connecticut to get to the championship game in Indianapolis, then lost to Texas A&M. But those, that was a great uh, streak, and it was a great win for the Irish. And when we beat Connecticut for the first time, ironically, it was Martin Luther King Day in 2001. Now, that was January 15th. Today, January 21st, is Martin Luther King Day. But mm-hmm. first time we ever beat Connecticut. That was the first time we ever packed the Joyce Center. And you were there, I believe. And, I was? Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, we had some big wins over those two programs, and uh, and again, when you look at, uh, you know, how do you measure yourself? Well, a lot of people use a ruler. No, but uh, you measure yourself by how you do against the top competition, and we've been doing pretty well uh, against Connecticut, pretty well against uh, Tennessee of late. So, uh, but those are good things. Sports Yak, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Follow the Yak on Instagram at Sports Yak with two K's. Let's talk uh, two amazing football games from yesterday, despite some horrible officiating. Still down to the wire with both games. I remember looking at the clock. I think it was quarter to nine. For the fourth quarter, and then it didn't get over till 10, 15, 10, 20. Yeah. Amazing. My two teams are not playing in the Super Bowl. I, you know, I, I really didn't have a horse in the race since the Bears lost. Right. Me too. Uh, but uh, I would like to have seen uh, the Saints, Drew Brees. Yes. Uh, they absolutely get jobbed by, the, by an official who is a human being, and obviously I'm going to say they do the best they can. And I thought the... Saints were really magnanimous last night after the game, not really coming down on the guy, but he missed two calls. He got the receiver got hit in the head with the other guy's helmet. Yes. And he also got hit before the ball got there, and they didn't call either one. And there needs to be something, not just because of this game, but you have replay. For example, there was a ball in the New England game where they thought New England guy touched it, and our buddy Gary Dieter scooped it up, was going to take it in for what yeah. looked like a, a leading touchdown for Kansas City. And uh, as it turns out, you can't advance a, a, a muff ball. But they said it didn't hit his fingers because they looked at it in replay for a long time. Well, if you've got replay and you do that to get things right, then there has to be somebody in that booth at that game that says, wait a minute, that was a missed call. Yeah. And you got to be able to go back and look at it. Uh, Chris Berman on ESPN this morning was talking about in Canada, they do have that in place. There are 64 appeals of calls. And 38 of them were overturned. So if you had it there, there's no question that everybody in the world saw that play and said, yeah, that's a, that's a penalty. I've also noticed that 
the broadcasting team now has a rules guy right. at the beck and call of like, let's go to Stan and Stan, what did you <laughs> see? He goes, oh no, he didn't catch that ball or yeah. whatever. But yeah, I noticed that. Uh, here's what I love about both of those games, Bob. I love, as just a common fan, time management at the end of the game when you get down to those two minutes, you know, and what your team needs to do and how far in advance the coach is thinking. The quarterback is so incredibly important in those two minutes. Tom Brady showing the world exactly. But at the same time, in the back of my head, cheater. Him him and that coach, I'm just like, wow, you're going again. Cheater. Well, they uh, they do a lot of things right. There's a lot of reasons that new rules are put in every year. It's because people find a way to get around rules. Yeah. And uh, that's been going on for a long time. I, uh, I wish I, his... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Did I, I say just, that out loud, Bob? I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I just think uh, there was more good football in the fourth quarter of the New England-Kansas City game than I've seen in any quarter for a long time. Yes. They completed passes. They made big catches. They made big completions. They made good runs. They... They mixed it up. The defenses made big plays. How about the guy from Kansas City being offside? Yeah. You know. Huge mistake. And I was listening to, you know, Mike Golick this morning on Mike and Mike on a competing radio station, believe it or not, and uh, just for a few minutes, and he said, you know, he was a defensive lineman. You put your foot, you put your hand down on the safe side of the football, and then you make sure you keep your head behind your hand. He said, this isn't brain surgery. This is how you do it. That's, That's how you're taught to do it. Yeah. Now, an offensive lineman has a lot more going on. Sometimes they can jump and the snap is, you know, whatever. But lining up offside of the defensive end, just, he said, you know, it's unforgivable. The guy made some great plays during the season, and uh, he was playing hard in that game. It's really sad. But on that play, Tom Brady threw an interception. Uh, we're calling that one back. We had a man offside. Mm-hmm. It, was just, you know, it just killed him. And then Brady took the team down, scored in the last, you know, 29 seconds ago or whatever. And Mahomes comes back and takes his team down into field goal territory and they nail the field goal to go overtime. And they flip a coin. So the coin flip really determined who won. It really does. And uh, in the the college, each team lines up at the 25 and you get to go. In the pros, there needs to be some opportunity for Kansas City to have gotten the ball. Now you must score uh, to keep it going. That's a lot of pressure to put on a team, but New England scored first and the game's over. And I just felt like, man. Yeah, you know. So let me ask you this. Let's say we're yeah. we're allowed to be in that meeting at the end of the season. Patriots get the ball. Uh, it's kicked off to them. They're running down. Let's say it's second and ten. Brady throws an interception, and the Chiefs run it back for a touchdown. Does the Patriots still get an opportunity to, if we had these new rules in place, would they still get a chance to score, or was that their chance? I would think that was their chance. Okay. Yeah, I don't. You know, they'd still be playing. I think if they're if you go far enough to change the rules, I I want there to be a winner. I just felt like Mahomes deserved a chance to. Patrick Mahomes, twenty three years old, a yeah. year older than my daughter. Than your daughter. You, know, you said that this morning. I said, oh, my goodness. I, I immediately st- – uh, you know, I'd, I'd watched a couple of games this year, but just I loved the fact that he – Bob, he was ice in his veins. He's like, oh, is it time to play? Here we go. Yeah. Uh, tenth round in the NFL draft. He was the number two guy last year, number one guy this year, and uh, Brady specifically went to the locker room after the game, asked the security guy, I'd like to speak to him in private, and just – Talk some wisdom into him and congratulatory and 
It's a big deal for a 23-year-old. And it's great for the game, isn't it? Because yes. Tom Brady will not be in the game much longer. He's 41. No. So Mahomes is going to be one of those guys that's going to carry the banner for the NFL, much like Brady did. And so I think he went over to tell him a couple things. Number one, you know, great effort and all that stuff, but don't uh, don't count yourself short. You're going to be one of the great players. And Yeah. You know, you've heard, remember Phil Mickelson, uh, early in his career, he missed a big putt or something. And Payne Stewart went over to him. And Payne Stewart ended up winning a tournament, but he turned to him right away, walked over, he said, young man, you are going to be a great player. So don't, you know, because you know, over the years you see a guy miss a putt and yeah, know, whatever happened to that guy? He missed a putt. All Tom Brady needs to say to him is, don't worry, you'll be back in this position again oh, real yeah. soon. Oh, yeah. That's You're a, that good. A good and thing. I saw over the weekend, too, Nick Foles got himself a nice big check from the Eagles. Well, it's nice to see the ownership care about yes. somebody like that. And that's uh, one of the reasons that they have a special unit there at Philadelphia. A couple of episodes previous, we were talking about broadcast announcers. I said some not-too-kind words about Tony Romo. Not a fan. Okay. I changed my mind last night. Listening to him, A, enthusiastic. I don't mind that at all. B, he is a current quarterback frame of mind where some of the announcers aren't anymore. The game right. has changed. Right. I like that he was calling some dead-on plays. Like, this is what's going to happen because of this, this, and this. Come, he'll come over, open over the middle here in a second if they – Yeah. Gronkowski's by himself. If he's not double teamed, he's going to go to the right here. And yeah. and uh, I think at one time his broadcast partner was like, "Dude, you're ca- you're calling him." <laughs> yeah. I think to the point where he's like, "Who's going to win the Super Bowl?" They've got to go back to the Brady sneak or something, don't they? Oh, they're killing it. Usually means a motion and a run out wide to the right. Here's the handoff and to the end zone. This Sony Michelle, third and five. What has been ball game? I got to put Gronkowski out wide. They've got to get him. He's your guy when it's one on one. They've got. They finally got him. There he is on the top of the screen. If he's doubled, you're going to throw inside right here to Edelman. You just look up there and pick him. Here they come after Brady. He goes down the field to Gronk. Turns around, makes the catch. He saw what you saw, Tony. With four yards away from. New England taking back the lead. They're going to run this ball. Kansas City's got to sell out. There's a handoff to Burkhead. Burkhead pulls ahead and scores the touchdown. Brock's got a chip. Running back's got to help, so he has time to throw. Once again, Edelman in the middle of the field. Pocket sealed. Down the middle. Edelman again with a third down catch. Brock is out wide. Watch the top of your screen. Watch this safety. If he comes down... There's a good chance he's throwing out there. It's Gronk for the first down. New England tried to play action earlier. I can't see it here. This has to be a run. Second and goal to Burkhead. Burkhead to the end zone. Hello, Super Bowl. New England is heading back again for the third straight year. Great Bryce Harper tweet this morning. He goes, after the game, I called Romo, and he told me where I'm playing next year. Yeah, Romo was really good. I love the enthusiasm. But, you know, during the course of that fourth quarter, uh, when Kansas City took the lead, the enthusiasm in the announcers was, hey, Kansas City's coming from behind. They're going to win this game. Yeah. And then Brady scores it. <laughs> and New England came from behind. They're going to win this game. Then he kick a field goal. And hey, we're going over. You know, it's like, oh, my God. You just thought the game-winning moment. Yes. And sometimes announcers live for those moments. You know, it's like kind of the famous call, but. I thought uh, I thought it was very entertaining. I, I've never seen so much good football in one quarter as I did last night in that, that final. 
I was on the Sports Yak Twitter account last night, uh-huh. and I had typed out Rams and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm picking Chiefs Mahomes. That was like 49 seconds left, yeah. and then delete. Yeah. And that, you know, I did the same thing. I kind of typed it out and just kind of had it ready, and it's like, man, just back and forth in those final two minutes. It was good for the NFL. Uh, it's also good that the uh, you know you get the East Coast team with the New England, you get the West Coast team with the Rams, so there'd be a lot of interest. You know, if it's New Orleans against Kansas City, I don't know, maybe not so much. But uh, sixteen days out, who you got? It's uh, a long time, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on, can you play this thing in January? Right? I uh, can't we just play this next week? I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with New England, and and the reason is Tom Brady. But also the fact that, and, and I talked to Charlie Weiss about this one time. We were in a rain delay. Chuck Creeby and I had gone out to do the emceeing for a first pitch thing where Charlie was going to throw out a pitch at the uh, Little League Park up in Granger. Okay. And uh, so they asked us to come out and introduce him, and Coach was there, and his son was playing. Uh, young Charlie was a pretty good baseball player. And uh, it started raining, so they put us in a Winnebago. And we were kind of working out uh, maybe an hour delay of the rain before they at the opening ceremony for a tournament. And uh, it was fascinating uh, talking to Charlie. I said, what was, what was the mantra? What was the thing? You know, I talked to Bart Starr one time about the Green Bay Packers. I said, what was Lombardi's mantra? He said, in pursuit of perfection. And nobody's perfect. But in pursuit of perfection, you will achieve excellence. You know, if you reach for the moon, you wind up in the stars, mm-hmm. all, all this kind of thing. He said, uh, our uh, mantra with the New England Patriots and Belichick was, do your job. We will never ask you to do something you can't do. But when we ask you to do it, you need to do it. In other words, like if you're the right guard on this particular play, we need you to to give your guy a shoulder, but then go get the linebacker on this particular play. And why would it just do what we ask you to do? And then what would happen is the running back would then come in behind you and go for a 12-yard gain because instead of blocking your guy and getting tied up with him, you're able to go get the linebacker, which made it a three-point, three-yard play into a 12-yard play. Mm-hmm. Do your job. And there was a guy who was an MVP in one of the Super Bowls who came in the next year, and he said, I'm holding out for more money because I was the Super Bowl MVP. And Belichick said, you're a free agent. What are you talking about? I just cut you. You can't cut me. I'm the, he goes, do you think... You caught three touchdown passes because of you or because of our game plan and what we saw as a weakness on the other team. Mm-hmm. Don't bring yourself into my camp, into my locker room. We will coach the team. You do what we're paid to do. You know, the pros, and if you don't, you know, like, go get a free agent. And the guy says, can you just brush this guy and then get the linebacker? Yeah, I can do that. We don't, you know, Teddy Bruschi brought up a good point. Out of all the players who played for the New England Patriots on all these great teams, how many are in the Hall of Fame? Tom Brady, Vinatieri, maybe Teddy Bruschi. Name five other players on the New England Patriots last night other than Edelman, Edelman and Gronk. <laughs> Gronk and Brady. Yeah. Uh, can you name five starters on defense? Nope. And, and that's why they win because it's not about you. It's about us. It's about we. And, uh, you know, Belichick has no tolerance at all for somebody. And Teddy Bruschi was, could have been a star and was a star. But he never once came in and said, I need more money or I need this or I need that. And uh, remember Mike Vrabel, who came from Ohio State and was a great defensive end. He put him in on offense a couple times. Why would you do that? Well, uh, he can get us two yards. You know, Belichick, you know, very flat uh, when he answers questions. But 
they found a formula that works because it's it's not it's a team game and it's not about me. It's about we. And how many times have you seen a guy say, well, should have got me the ball more. They should have got this or should have done that. I think that's one of the things about Mahomes. His teammates love him. Yeah. I mean, he is, he's not, I mean, he's, he could be, and he is a superstar, but he's loved by his teammates. I mean, they love playing for him. They love Drew Brees. I mean, there's a lot of guys uh, who didn't make the, the playoffs or didn't make the, uh, not in the Super Bowl. And they're really good athletes. They're really good players. But how how did we do? Mm-hmm. You know. So Let me ask you this: yeah. Win or lose in sixteen days, is Tom Brady done? Is Belichick done? I tell you what, I think they're be holding hands when they walk out of the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that'll be the case because Belichick is, uh, yeah, he's a lot more fun than people know. I mean, he loves to play golf, and I mean, he, he'll be out of there tomorrow. He'll be flying off somewhere and playing in a golf tournament or something. But um, both these guys have as much money as they should need. Mm-hmm. They have as much prestige and, you know, notoriety as they should need. Um, I just think, you know, Tom Brady, you know, loves his family. Um, he's 41. If he feels he has another year in him, he'll probably come back. If he feels he has two years in him, he might come back. I mean, even if he lost last night, you say, "Yeah, Brady, he's forty-one. He's already, you know, yeah, he's playing for a shot at the Super Bowl, and he, and he won." But uh, he could come back. Um, he was the oldest guy to ever play that wasn't a kicker. Remember George Blanda? Mm-mm. He uh, George was uh, played for uh, the Bears at one time, but he was a kicker for the Oakland Raiders when he was like fifty-two. He was kicking and a backup quarterback. And if it hadn't been for those double-knit uniforms, I think he might have played another year or two, but his body was not good in, in form-fitting pants. But uh, that, that'll that happen, you know. Sports Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet in Elkhart. Big and Tall Outlet features big and tall men's clothing from many of the leading big men's catalogs for 50% off manufacturer's suggested retail price. That's Big and Tall Outlet on Napanee Street in Elkhart and at BigandTallOutlet.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter as well, because big guys got to look good, too. Sports Jack! As we're about to wrap up, let's uh, touch on where you're going to be this Friday night. This Friday night, we will be in the cave at Mishawaka. The Mishawaka Cavemen playing host to the Penn Kingsmen. And Penn is having a very good year, and they're playing like a very good team. They've got size, they've got uh, experience, they've got in it. My top ten list of all-time high school coaches is, including Al Rhodes, who's at uh, at Penn. And Ron Heklinski's at Mishawaka, and he's got a little bit of fire going there. should be a very spirited game. Looking forward to that. And uh, uh, Ron, uh, unfortunately, they had a, a situation Saturday with the weather where they had to cancel a tournament they were running. It was kind of to bring awareness about organ transplants. Okay. Ron received a liver about 12 years ago and obviously extended his life, and he's very adamant about uh, making people aware of how important that is to have organ donation. And so uh, they had to cancel some games, but uh, I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about it Friday night, which will be great. And uh, we'll get a chance to see Penn. And uh, the uh, girls' pairings came out today as well, and Penn is uh, number two in the state. And uh, so they've uh, got some challenges in the sectional, but they should be all right. I think we're, we're looking at a game between Northridge and Concord, uh, two teams that are uh, have winning records, and they played – a week or so ago, and it was a four-point game. So that would be a good girls' semifinal game on Friday night. That'll be on February first. So, uh, you know, we're in contact with the Chuckster. He's uh, 
he's out uh, out west for a couple of days, but he'll be back. But everybody's kind of, and believe it or not, Dean Korsmo is is involved in the discussions. Oh well. boy! Hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Well, uh, safe travels to Knoxville. Uh huh. And uh, to Chuck, if he's listening, safe travels on his on his way back home. Yes. And more than likely, if all goes well, we'll talk on uh, Wednesday. Thank you for once again. Uh, do I have to twist your arm to ask you to come do this? It seems like you kind of enjoy it when uh, we we call you out of the bullpen. You know, when you're broadcasting, as you know. Uh huh. And when I was at uh, I was at CBS affiliate here in town for a number of years, and you go on the air and. Somebody's in your Camrex, and they're telling you you've got three minutes and 24 seconds. And I have a four-and-a-half-minute show. Mm-hmm. Gee, <laughs> Can you cut the weather guy a little bit? But uh, you're always up against time. Yes. And in our high school games, you know, we do live reads. I do stats. I do things like that. You know, and they're counting you down. Okay, you got a three, two, one. Gonna be a... So you're always up against time. When you do this wonderful thing here, the sports check, you get to yak. And you get to air it out. It's sort of like, you know, if we went to lunch and uh, the girl comes by and says, do you want more Diet Coke? Yeah, give me a half of one. So we can sit there and yak. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's really fun about this because of uh, myriad subjects that you can get to and uh, things that are very timely and uh, things that uh, you want to spout about a little bit, but you don't have much time to do it in other formats. So uh, not only do I enjoy being on the sport jack, but I like less on the sport jack. And I love during women's basketball games. Uh, we get to hear Jim Jim, Jim Shorts. Yeah, it's Jim Shorts. Don't miss a minute of the Smart Jack. Yeah. Thank just, you, Bobby Nagel. Thank you, brother. Great, Appreciate you. Great being with you. We'll end this by celebrating January 20th, 1983, one of the greatest rock and roll albums to come out. We'll just give you a taste as we say so long. Until next time. Yak is brought to you by Big and Tall Outlet, because big guys gotta look good too. Sports Yak is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. This is Jimmy Shorts. Until next time, sports fans. That's good. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.